brothers and sisters, friends and comrades. This is the PRC Show. I am your host, Paul Cooley, and thank you for listening. Today on uh, the show, we are going to talk about being against exercise, or the article by Mark Grief, 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 uh, against exercise, with my friend Chris, smart guy. Um, I forget his last name. It doesn't matter. Anyways, how are you doing? It's summertime. It's hot. I'm in the attic. We're doing pretty well. We have a couple episodes of Radiohead, um, a complete idiotech guide to Radiohead out there. So people should be enjoying those. We're taking a little break here. Episode three of uh, that Radiohead podcast will be out shortly, hopefully. Anyways, um, I'm doing okay. Uh, the Pirates are one game under 500. That is, listen. Listen, um, if I would have said they're going to be one game under 500 this far into the season, I would have been like, you know what? That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm into that. But given the fact that they started off so hot, they were doing so well, they were looking like they were going to be a first place team. It's a little depressing. The arrow is pointed down on them, but who knows? It's a long season. Um, went to the pool a couple times. Uh, I'm going to have Chris come in here in a second and uh, talk to you guys. Um, it's warm out. I went to a police brutality protest today, which is very depressing. I almost cried a little bit. I don't want to talk about it anymore. We'll talk about it in another episode. Anyways, Chris is now here. He just joined us. Chris, how are you doing? I'm very well, Paul. How okay. are you? Okay, good, good, good. Good, good. Are you? Is this the first time you've ever been um, on a podcast? Absolutely not. No, I'm a veteran. Oh, I love it. Yeah. What were the, what's the other podcast you've been on? Uh, the podcast was one that I, I did... Uh, with myself and, and a few other friends. Uh, cool. My first ones were solo ones, and then the ones with my friends. Uh, we we reviewed bad movies, which has been done to death, but uh, I think we did it better. It just never got traction for some reason. Yeah, you have to... Yeah, what was the um, what was the name of it? We'll put it out there so people can listen if they... What was the name of the podcast? Well, you can listen to it on uh, jumpingtoconfusions.com. They're, uh, they're a little dated now, but uh, I think you may enjoy still. Jumping to conclusions. To confusions, to Paul. To confusions. Yeah, see, see what I did? Yeah. Isn't that clever? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what was the, uh, how many episodes did you do? So we did, uh, I believe, three episodes of the Bad Movie Podcast. Um, and I did uh, maybe two or three solo myself, which were uh, not as interesting. And I don't recommend them in so any if, sense. So if you had to say this was the most entertaining, best episode to listen to, which one would it be of those? Oh, I, I don't make me choose. They're all they're all your children. They're all so good, and uh, yeah, you'll you'll absolutely enjoy them. Not true with this epi- with this show. Uh, the PRC show has right. some real duds. Right. Well, and, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> and I've I've pointed to people about the uh, Shawshank Redemption episode. Anyone with my good friend Josh Ferris is always entertaining mm-hmm. and enlightening. Uh, the South African one, um, Sean Rally ones are good, but there's been some duds. You know what am I? Right. Gonna, what am I supposed to do? Right. Um, but you're saying yours are all pristine. They are. Uh, they are all consistently amazing, and I am uh, immensely movies? proud of what them. What movies did you do? Well, I don't want to spoil the surprise. Oh, they're lesser. God. They're lesser known movies. One of them, however, is uh, okay. So one of my favorites is Tammy and the T Rex. It's an old uh, Denise Richards movie, hmm. where her uh, her boyfriend Paul Walker uh, dies and is reincarnated, uh, excuse me, not reincarnated, but brought back in the body of a T-Rex. So that sounds so wild. Yeah. Like really? Yeah. It it, was this nineties or two or or two thousands. That was, I believe, uh, early nineties, early nineties movie, a breakout role for for both of them. So those are movies. That's like a straight to video or whatever you call it. Like I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, we didn't do too much research into it. We, we felt like we'd like to leave the mystique of that. Um, but it was, 
it, it was we found it we found a digital copy uh, on YouTube and, and ended up watching that and reviewing that. So yeah, that sounds. I think I have to listen to that. So the the show is called again. Well, so the website is jumpingtoconfusions.com, and you can find it there on my on my archives. It's a page that I maintain. Oh, okay. And I put my uh, some of my writing up there uh, in addition, uh, but I do throw out podcasts every now and, and so again. And so that podcast can be found on that. Correct. Website. Correct. Yeah, and uh, you know you can navigate around and, and find that uh, find that in the about section. Cool. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, so uh, we're gonna get into this discussion about exercise, but before we do that, we haven't had a sponsor in a long time. But as you as regular listeners know, this show is sponsored by all the books I own but have not read, and this episode's <laughs> sponsor <laughs> is the book. It is the book After Rain by William Trevor, author of Felicia's Journey. And what do you know about this book? Well, Chris, you could say you know absolutely nothing. Or what do you know? I know plenty about this book, actually. Uh, by, by looking at the cover, it appears to be a few people uh, making hand gestures out of a window, which is, which is fairly common in an urban environment. So I'm guessing that this book has to do with the strife of city life after a climatic weather event <laughs> i like it let me see let me see let yeah. me see okay um i don't think that's what it is and actually the picture looks like a romantic painting right or what mm -hmm. era would that be so the pictures on the back is that rococo it's not rococo it's like pre what is right. it right i don't know i did take art history and i enjoyed the class but i did i did as well and i i can't uh, i can't exactly that's place probably like this. 1400s or something 1500s maybe 14 15 16 yeah. or 17 not 17 no <laughs> absolutely not but anyways so the story behind this book is about a year ago i was taking my son to the allegheny cemetery that's in pittsburgh it's a be big beautiful cemetery and there's a pond there and there's a turtle there's a ton of turtles there and ducks so mm -hmm. i was i went there to park i went to go get him and I was going to go walk around it. And he fell asleep. Now, I was like, oh, I have free time. But now I'm in the car. This sucks. But I read a short story by this author, William Trevor, in a magazine. And I love the story. I was like, this guy's awesome. Turns out he's an Irish short story writer, I, th I guess. Have you ever heard of him? No, I haven't. No. He's pretty old. I, he might be dead. I think he's like in his 90s now. Uh, let's see. William Trevor was born in Mitchellstown County, Cork in 1928 and spent his childhood in provincial Ireland. Blah, 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 blah. So anyways, <laughs> I... I really like this story. It turns out he's a treasure over there. People like him a lot. And so then I went to a used bookstore near the cemetery about an hour or two later. And I was like, you have any books by uh, William Trevor? And I'm like, okay, I'll get it. It was like five bucks. So um, never read anything in it since, but I will. I promise. I believe you. This one I probably will because it's a short story. So um, I, was, I actually brought it up here because I was going to read it recently and i never did so anyways that is the sponsor uh william trevor after rain okay now we're gonna have a little musical break and then we're gonna get to mark griefs against everything well no against exercise all right thanks hold on better happier more productive comfortable not drinking too much regular exercise at the gym three days a week Getting on better with your associate employee contemporaries. At ease. Eating well. No more microwave dinners and saturated fats. 
a patient better driver, a safer car, baby smiling in backseat, sleeping well, no bad dreams, no paranoia, careful to all animals, never washing spiders done a plug hole, keep in contact with old friends, enjoy a drink now and then, will frequently check credit at, moral, bank, hole in wall, favors for favors, fond but not in love, charity standing orders, on Sundays reading Road Supermarket. No killing moths or putting boiling water on the hands. Car wash. Also on Sundays. No longer afraid of the dark. Only day shadows moving. So ridiculously teenage and desperate nothing. So childish. At a better pace. Slower and more calculated. No chance of escape. Now self-employed. Concerned. But powerless. An empowered and informed member of society. Pragmatism, not idealism, will not cry in public. Less chance of illness. Tires that grip in the wet. Shot of babies trapped in backseat. A good memory. Still cries at a good film. Still kisses with saliva. No longer empty and frantic. Like a cat. Tied to a stick. That's driven into. Frozen winter shit. The ability to laugh at weakness. Calm. Fitter. Healthier, and more productive, a pig, in a cage, on antibiotics. Okay, now we are going to dive into exercise, and you are gonna, you guys are going to hear page, pages ruffling here, but, so I asked Chris to read this ec, uh, article, Against Exercise, by Mark... Oh, uh, yeah, well, Grief? Grief? Grief. <laughs> grief, let's go with Grief. Yeah, kind of a nice literary name, given that he's kind of a negative Nancy. Right, right. Right. Um, and he has this book out called Against Everything, and the first essay is Against Exercise, and uh, let me just read the first two sentences, maybe the first four sentences. Were in the penal colony to be written today, Kafka could only be speaking of the exercise machine. Instead of the sentence to be tattooed on its victims, the machine would inscribe lines of numbers. So many calories, so many miles, so many watts, so many laps. Modern exercise makes you acknowledge the machine operating inside yourself. Nothing can make you believe we harbor nostalgia for factory work but a modern gym. The leveler of the die press no longer commands us at work, but with the gym we import vestiges of the leftover equipment of industry to our leisure. We leave the office and put the conveyor belt under our feet and run as if chased by devils. We willingly submit our legs to the mangle and put our stiffening arms to the press. So I started to read that and I was like, that's interesting. That's not the way I see it. But um, as you continue to read on, you start to think uh, maybe there's something to what he's saying here. Right. Initial thoughts, Chris. Yeah, no. First of all, the the opening is I think really well done. And as a you know Kafka fan myself, I really appreciated uh, the uh, you know what he was going for with the comparison that that he he tried to draw. And I think it comes out a little bit more fully after you read it. I, I have to say I disagree with a, a large part of what he says as well. But I understand his point as well, which is, you know, kind of the obsession with exercise as a quantitative measure of health is something that's, I think, very misguided. 
Yeah, and what do you what do you mean when you say you disagree with his overall? Elaborate on that. So, so I um, later on in the article, he, he he deviates a little bit from his original point, which I really feel very strongly about, and he he starts essentially talking some smack about running. He says, why are you runners taking up my walking space? Yeah, he makes those, yep. You know, and, yep. and he just, um, he, he seems to he seems to really have a problem with runners. I'm not sure where he was living when he wrote this. I, I think if maybe if he lived in a big city, if he was in New York or Chicago or something. People sweating on him. And, right. Yeah. He, he very explicitly references people sweating on him, um, which frankly has never happened to me, even, you know, when I've, when I've lived in big cities like L.A. and D.C. But it's... Um, Y- running is the most insidious because of, of its way of taking proselytizing out of the gym. Right. So so he views running very inherently as something to show off, which I don't think is accurate. I mean, where else are going to people where else are people going to run? It's- he races between pedestrians in conversation, which I think is an important sentence because it's like his whole thing is discussion, public thought. Right. Let me interrupt here. So I think his whole point is that he's against exercise because it's about muscle. It's like utilizing time and energy to build up the muscle, which is taking away from the brain and taking away from thinking and taking away from civility. And like, I think that's his main point. Maybe. Um, I mean, my reading of it was more that the. exercise itself he doesn't have a problem with exercise itself he has a problem with making exercise about a number relative to either yourself or someone else so he references you know let's lift this amount of weight let's run this many miles and indeed i had a conversation with someone recently because i just picked up running again and i've just been running for the enjoyment of running and you know this person i talked to said well how many miles did you run and i said (laughs) "I i don't know yeah, it, it doesn't that's crazy. matter. That is know? insane, right? And that's like you're a weirdo, right? No, and and, and I felt I felt a little weird. <laughs> to be honest, I feel like I've just gotten to that point now. If people know, I've just run my eighth marathon. Congratulations, by the way. And I, I used to tell my wife, and I would tell people, I run specifically to log the times in the minutes in a in a uh paper thing in this like little paper journal that's why i run just to put it in there i would say that this is what he's railing against now i have a thing called run keeper and i put it in there and i have and i love looking at it and i see my improvement and and i still love doing that but now i'm kind of more just like i need to go out there and do it because it makes me feel better i feel healthier i feel like i sleep better it gets rid of some stress but I totally am this person that he writes about of logging the numbers and all that stuff. And I'm not sure I know if it's, let me say that. Okay. So I think what he's really against is the fed is fed. I'm going to try to say this word. Go for it. Fetitization of exercise. Yeah. That's a tough one, man. Okay. So I think that's what he really is against. I don't think he's against, ex- even though the article's called he's against exercise. Right. I think he's against the fetishization of exercise. Right. And um, I am against that. And I sort of am guilty of it a little bit. But there, I think he makes a convincing argument or highlights a lot of funny ways of how we how people do that. Yeah. No, I I, I don't have a problem with 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 that part of of his argument. I think that that's a very, you know, sound and reasonable part. 
And he goes into it even further and says, you know, um, he, he references a few times from from a feminist perspective, right? You you have women who are kind of denying uh, the natural state of of their bodies, and he says the same about men, right? It's about shedding fat, it's about becoming thin, and this is not naturally, you know, how our how our bodies accumulate weight. Um, now, part of my problem with this is, you know, we we've we've transitioned very uh, ungracefully from our, our previous lives, right? Where where we were mostly maybe uh, agrarian mm-hmm. uh, farmers or industrial workers or, or whatever the case may be, where people, you know, uh, where, where corpulence at one time was considered to be, you know, the the sign of, of immense wealth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on one end, I, I think, you know, people used to be used to be pretty skinny and pretty fit based on on their lifestyles. And now we don't have that as much. So this this, you know, at the but same isn't he right, though, about like the pe- people in the gym that are, he talks about in a funny way when, right. you know, they're making these noises and grunting right. and, you right. know, out loud, uh, you know, it, it's something that you should really be doing in private in your own house. But people and the, but then they don't talk to each other about it. They're just like, you know, right. it's like orgasmic and all this stuff. Um, but people do this very hard labor and then there's no immediate reward. Right. And he even says, like, there's no immediate reward but our freedom to do it. And I do wonder, like, what is the point of this life doing this exercise just so, like, so I have a little bit of an existential crisis with the marathon because I just did my best time ever that I don't, there's no, I ran under a nine-minute mile and I ran under four hours. And Mm -hmm. to me, it's like, well, what's the point of even doing this now? And it's, you know, there's a thing of you do it because you can do it. Right. And sometime, some period of my life, I'll never be able to do it again. Right. Um, so that's kind of cool. But why am I pushing myself so hard and exercising this when there's other endeavors and things I should be doing? Right. Because for one, training for the marathon takes time away from your, takes time. So I have a one, I have a kid, I have a wife that I can't be spending time with or reading books or doing podcasts, which listen, the listeners need these podcasts. I get thousands, I of thousands of. Ma- you saw the, you saw my mailbox. I saw people standing outside your door just waiting for this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't do. So it does make me wonder, like, what is the point of this? And he talks about how because we're all want to live forever. Basically, you want to. This is all about. This is going to add uh, years onto my life. I don't know if he says it exactly like that. Yeah. Um. And then for people that aren't doing it, he's like. They're lesser than us. I, right. I like. I think that's right. I think that's what people think. I wonder if that's what I think. Right. Do you think that? Well, there, there's. You know, he very explicitly says. Um, you know, if you ask someone why they don't exercise, and, and you're someone who exercises, there's no satisfactory answer that they can give you. Right. If it's that they don't care to exercise or they have, you know, different values, it's something that you know we we look very poorly on. The non-exercise, the non-exerciser is lumped with other unfortunates whom we socially discount. Their lives are worth a percentage of our own. Through their own neglect, their value is compromised by the failure to ensure the fullest term of possible physical existence. The non-exerciser joins all the unfit, the slow, the elderly, the hopeless, and the poor. Don't you want to live, we say? <laughs> no answer of theirs could satisfy us. Right. I want that tattooed on my arm. Right. I love that 
Well, see, you got to work out a little bit to fit that on your arm. That's, that's the true. irony. That's the cruel irony of this whole situation. I know. I have toothpick arms. Yep. Very weak in the uh, arm part. And but you I, still have fans, amazingly. Amazingly, I do because my legs. Yeah. My like legs, great legs are... I do... I mean, look at them. Oh, I yeah. am... Lo- I can't look away. <laughs> and, and, the, and the thing is, um, I... Th- I hate to say that I've felt that way. I don't think I have, but maybe I have. You know, when you, when you see somebody sick or unhealthy, are you judging them? I don't think I am, but I feel like that is a ethos in the healthy culture. Like, yep. And I and we both know somebody that kind of exercises a lot and gets into it and uh-huh. has cycles of that. And uh-huh. he's a very great person and oh, yeah. a very moral person. And I don't think he would say that, but. Um, I wonder if there's a little bit of that going on. Not, I mean, not to pick on him, but right. No, I think that's a true statement, right? I think so. I mean, you know, it's it's difficult to to parse anyone's anyone's motives as out, you know, as individuals. The person who does not exercise in our current conception is a slow suicide. <laughs> he fails to take responsibility for his life. Get off the couch, chubby! Come Get on! Off. Get you know what I mean? Exactly. Like right. um. Sorry for the quick, uh, abrupt pause in uh, me and Chris's talk, but um, I had to say that the musical break was by Radiohead, Fitter, Fitter, Happier. And no, this isn't an ideal break, but I had a little snafu recording this, so that's why we took this little break. Hope you're enjoying this talk and more with uh, me and Chris talking about exercise. Okay, so the one of the things about this article that also made me think of is like in a bigger picture, like what <laughs> he's almost like hot, uh, alluding to, like what is the meaning of life in, right. in this? Like, is it right. to just exercise and count and count all the numbers? And he, you know, and he mentions, like I said before, I think he's saying exercise is replacing thinking and exercising the brain. And mm-hmm. he says that maybe not directly, but he says. Ooh, um, something about the public space, the uh, action in public before strangers and acquiescence loses its center of gravity in the lived experience of a citizen and is replaced by activity of exercise in public as speech gives way to biological spectacle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right there. Yeah. So we're more interested in uh, people running and biking and and these are good things, right? Right. But he's saying they're not. Yeah, I, you know, and, and this is this is kind of where I I waver in support of this. It, it's it, it's very it's very difficult to say because objectively they are good things. I think, as I said earlier, you know, parsing someone's individual motives for running. You know, he he, he mentions when you lift, right? You know, people are working. And he doesn't say this, but the the glamour muscles, right? Mm-hmm. You've you've got the chest, you've got the arms, you've got the the legs. If you don't skip leg day, uh, so the saying goes. Right. Yeah. Um, but it. You know, these are these are things that people focus on in order to sort of peacock. And that's certainly not conducive to health necessarily. You're not lifting, you know, to be a healthy person, you know, so it's difficult to say. It's body dysmorphia, which I think a ton of people have Um, more with women because we live in such a sexist society. Um, But, you know, he says women strip their bodies of layers of fat to reveal a shape without its normal excess of flesh. Despite the new emphasis on female athleticism, the task of the woman exerciser remains one of emaciation. 
I mean, and that is just absolutely true if you look at pictures and like, I mean, totally. th- I mean supposedly that has changed, but not really. I mean, yeah, no, the, the, the accept the acceptance of that is, is notional, you know, it, it's, it's sort of, uh, on the fringes still. And, um, I, I do think that it is, it is changing a little bit that, that unhealthy perception of what, uh, of what a body should look like is, is certainly changing, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's still very backward. Likewise with men, uh, the six pack is like the word that we try to get, you know, bringing exercise together with the masculinity of beer, Mm -hmm. which that just brings another point up. Even if you disagree with everything he says, I think he's like funny and no, like a smart, clever, you know, writer. I really, I really enjoyed the article. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it was very poetic at parts. It makes me think though, I don't have to do any more, uh, uh, I'm not going to work on my arms. Right. Should I? No, you're hopeless anyway. <laughs> yeah. It does just give up. <laughs> I hate exercising. It's funny because I run all the time and I like running, but I really do hate um, lifting weights. Yeah. I, it's so boring. I absolutely agree. Um, I don't spend time in the gym. I am outside. I am outside. I walk. I run. I hike. I, I cannot spend time in a gym. I hate it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. For, for, you know, this article really did resonate with me just in terms of, you know, obviously d- despising the gym and the gym culture and, you know. And you, you you could even go on further from there, like the whole industry of the type of clothes and the non-sweat and the wicking and yep. the protein bars and all this stuff. Yep. Um, it's just, it's a distraction from, I think, a meaningful life. How about that? I, I would I think that's what he's saying. That. Like he's saying yeah. like this is like, this has filled the gap of space what he's saying is intellectual discourse, which when did that happen? Right. Um, people right. always say like, we used to be smarter and talk. I mean, I guess if you look at TV and radio 50 years ago, it probably was right. Cause you had William Buckley and, uh, you ever see that Gore Vidal, what, Vidal movie? and Buckley. Yeah. yeah. The, the debates. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, those were like, I hate to say Buckley was a Titan, but I guess he was clever when he talked. Well, they both were. They really, they Vod- really Vodal, were. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you, we don't really have that today. But like regular Joe Sixpacks apparently would watch those shows. Right. And right. now we're watching like idiocracy type, uh, you know. Political theater. B- yeah, Ball Crushers. or what? <laughs> Have you ever seen that movie, Idiocracy? <laughs> I, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, Ball, it's, uh, oh, what was that called? Balls? I think it's like. Oh, my balls. Was that it? <laughs> I think it was like balls getting crushed, though. I think it was like, was Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And then Fuddruckers becomes like... Uh, oh, yeah. Fud, fud, I don't know. No swearing. Keep it clean here. I try. Um, so are you going to run a marathon? Uh, I, I considered it. Really, it's not, you know, it's not any... There's no criticality to it for me. I how think, far did you run when you... When I have, you, you don't know, but how long were you out for? Um, it was, you know, half hour, an hour. No, it was, it was a, it was a couple hours. I did a run walk and yeah, hills and I have to go. I need to know, here's the part that I would tell Mark. I would say, listen, I get you. I agree with everything you're saying, but wow, he's, I can see his argument already, but I'm going to say it. I get a lot of satisfaction on seeing improvement. Yeah. And and that's what he's going to say. Who cares? No. Well, I agree with you. And that's, that's, that's part of it. Right. Is that, you know, that, that uh, that quest for self-improvement is something that's very fundamental to our being as well. But it's just a number. It is just a number, but that number, that quantitative number is really useful in tracking our project, uh, our pro- progress and pushing ourselves, regardless of the endeavor that we embark upon. So he's kind of, I guess I would say I agree with everything he's saying, except the running thing. Yeah. And he has to miss 
guided view of that because of his personal experience. But right. running is me more. You're not really talking to people. You're not running by them. You're out in the woods. You're the tre- I do the treadmill thing, but then I listen to music and right. I, I actually watch Star Trek: The Next Generation. Very nice. <laughs> Which when I when I run, see, see, and this is why I think you know I I took personal offense to this because I don't run with music. I don't run with a podcast. I just wow. run, and it is really a very wonderful experience because i have started i've done that it can be nice it it's it's honestly the only way that i can do it i i don't feel like i can i can focus on my you know my biomechanics and not in terms of form just in terms of feeling myself Uh, see i've had situations where i've been really stressed out and i've gone for a run and it screws up the run because i get into these fantasy uh conversations that i'm gonna have with people yeah yeah and then my heart rate starts going faster i remember instinctively this is like maybe 10 years ago i wanted to tell somebody off and i it was really wearing on me and i needed to like i'm like i'm gonna go for a run and then i just thought about that person the entire time yep i might have had headphones on too i don't even know but it was like i can't i i gotta can't even do it because i'm like working myself up right um so you must get into like a zen a place of zen before you run or anything that's bought you kind of there there is i mean it it's um kind of that 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 repetitive biomechanical rhythm for me acts yeah. as a, as a little bit of a mantra and you know you you get I into like you, this you yeah. start you start with these running you know racing thoughts no pun intended but you you start out like this and then you get into this rhythm and then you run and you realize you've run for who knows how long and you haven't had a but single you're consciously thought. but you're consciously putting yourself in a mindset before you do it right no so i mean you just run i just run and it feels you know okay so it's not that much effort for you to like get in that space no and and literally anywhere else it's an immense effort so hmm. for me when i you know when i now and you know in thinking about this article maybe maybe this ruined running for me if i'm running by someone i i'm going to be conscious about you know sweating even remotely close to that that is hypo- that is uh just insane that he said that that doesn't happen people doesn't, aren't people aren't shooting sweat out of their body you know and he says i think running between people which is so unbelievably rude i wouldn't put it past people but i've never experienced that myself i've never had the desire to go between people Okay, this is bringing up two quick little running stories that sure. I have about stopping and uh, that I, I was in the public space. And maybe this would, my, maybe Mark would like this. Mm-hmm. So there was, uh, when I lived in Harrisburg, it was a wonderful love it running trail, about seven miles long. And, you know, you'd run up and down it right along the river. It was beautiful. And around one of the top parts, there was a um, women's health clinic that performed abortions. And I forget what day it was, but often they'd have protesters out there. Sure. And I would see them on my way up, and then I know I would see them on my way back. And sometimes they wouldn't be on there on the way back because they were gone for the day. But I would then spend the next seven to ten minutes thinking about what I was going to say, which would increase whatever. So one, well, this happened more than once, but so one time I just stopped and I started to talk to them. And I I just said, uh, took my headphones off and I was like... You know, you need to, you guys, there was two women. And I said, listen, you need to give your daughter a call. (laughs) I said, I don't think, I don't think that you have a good relationship with your children. Oh. And they were like, what are you, how do you, I'm like, listen, I know there's things going on in your life 
that you're out here to try to shame people and make people feel bad, but you really need to look inside yourself and rebuild the relationships with your family because obviously there's a lot of problems you have. And I think one of them, <laughs> it was probably spot on the money. I think the other one just was like weirded out. Right. But, um, <laughs> Cause I, cause so I like, I had this like fantasy as I'm walking or as I'm running, like, what can I say? Right. There's no right. like uh, human life, blah, 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 blah. Right. I want them to be, I want them to feel really uncomfortable. So, um, so I used to just say like, I wish you were aborted <laughs> when I would run by. Um, and that like, I felt like that was something that would make them feel uncomfortable or like sure. a mean thing. But sure. I felt like the other thing was getting more. Well, like, that's a, that's a deep cut. And I mean, what you know, it's 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 um it's sort of this psychic so sophistry, right? Because yeah. you've got a fifty fifty shot <laughs> yeah. with if you if you say that to any person, right? That they yeah. have a bad relationship with their daughter or someone in their family. I mean, you will cut to the core of someone, yes. and they'll never know. They they will think that you're some sort of savant. Yeah, yeah. And so that's amazing. And I also thought it was story. like too, because they're like religious of some degree. So they're like, maybe exactly. there's like a divine intervention. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I uh, I I enjoyed that. And then like you know, we started to get into like the nuts and bolts of uh, abortion. I'm like, well, right. you, you probably don't even support like chip and you know healthcare programs for children, right? right? And oh, we support, we love everyone. It's like no, you don't. No, you don't. I'm like, you need to call your daughter. Yeah. You need. And then I think she did have a daughter because I feel like I kept on that one. Right. Right. <laughs> um. Then the other time, now that was me engaging Mr. Grief in some public discussion right. during a run. So I think that's better than just, right. you know, can't log. And then the other one was, um, oh, there's two universities that are like horrible institutions in this country. Just two? <laughs> no, but they're like really, really bad. Okay. One is Liberty and the other one is in Michigan. I might have to pause this show to think of it. Liberty and... Okay, I did a quick uh, search on the internet, and it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College. They're like a libertarian right-wing university mm. in Michigan that doesn't accept any federal funds because they don't like to have... When you get federal funds, then you have to have certain guidelines that you go by. Right, and that would impinge on personal yeah, freedom, on, on their on individuality. On how they yeah, individuality, how they teach, and right. all that stuff. And they have like... They have... Um, uh, statues i think of ronald reagan and margaret thatcher and a couple libertarian philosophers yep anyways yeah i disagree with like libertarian economics vehemently and for the most yeah just i think that's bad and it's it can yep. attract there's some cool things about libertarianism right that right. can attract people right. and that's what also makes it bad anyways so i was running in a public park <laughs> <laughs> and i saw this woman i probably told this on this show already I saw this woman with a Hillsdale College shirt on. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time. I don't want to screw up my run because I'm like, you know. But I just said, um, I said something like, uh, are you okay being in this public park? Did you go? To, or no, I said, did you go to Hillsdale? And she's like, yeah. I said, oh, is it a problem for you being in this public oh, park? Oh, yes. And she said, <laughs> no. And then... And then I said, oh, because this is paid for by taxpayer dollars. <laughs> and I'm like kind of still running. Yeah. And uh, she's like, uh, it was so great. <laughs> it was so great because she goes, yeah. are you being rude to me right now? Uh, and I said, 
yes, I am. I'm being yeah. very rude, I think. And she goes, well, have a nice day. Oh. It's, like like she was going to get the one up on me for like being kind. Yeah, right. Being, <laughs> like, kill him with kindness. Yeah, but I mean, it was, but really when she said have a nice day, she was saying the like the F you thing, which was absolutely like, yeah. No, that's that's typical, you know, and, and you I could rant all day about how clueless libertarians are and how, how most people who say they're libertarian are just conservatives who want to pretend like they're well-read. And, yeah. you know, the, um, my, um, my story, this is, this is only, you know, tangentially related to this, but I remember I went to a Catholic grade school and, um, we our our, our church organized, uh, a bus for students to go down, um, as, uh, as marchers for the march for life what that yeah. seems a little bit radical it it was very i mean this is this is what the That's, catholic yeah, church but does it's, uh, it's a little political though a well, lot of ca- no, but catholic lay people are more pro-choice than non like than christians well again this was you know over 20 years ago and well it was probably just your the brand of church you went to well it, you know it was a fairly conservative uh church i suppose there were certainly a lot of conservative people there and and um, a lot of vehemently anti-abortion people uh, in my in my church community, and so this bus went down, and you know at the time, I mean, I was on the border of becoming at the time a militant atheist. Okay, no, okay. So <laughs> the, the you know I said, oh, it's a trip to D.C. Great, and we went down, and I remember we you know we had all these signs that we were essentially forced to make. This and, is this is awful. This no, is this terrible. is this is you know this is it was a really enlightening experience in terms of you know how people indoctrinate their children and, and my parents um you know themselves are agnostic and so they allowed this trip you know because essentially they didn't they knew i wasn't taking this really seriously it was just a trip for me but i remember going on uh, a train platform and there was this guy with an egyptian ankh on right in a leather jacket and i still remember exactly what he looks like he's the epitome of cool to me and he walked <laughs> by our group and he said Religion is the opium of the masses. And I said, wow, that guy just, ne- that's really smart. I was like, I can't believe that. And I carried that with me for years. And then I found out, of course, that he did not invent that term or <laughs> no. that phrase. He um, certainly did not. But, um, you know, that was a really, that was a really kind of enlightening uh experience for me um in in terms of, you know, in relation to your story. I mean, yeah, but it's, that's sad because Catholics, though, on a, like percentage wise like i said they're they're more i mean the church of or the the country of ireland just legalized abortion but yeah it's more like the the protestants that are more hardcore on well, that stuff yeah. and that's sad that um like my wife went to a college that uh not a college she went to a high school where nuns went to um dc to protest uh killings in central america right latin american stuff right. so um but uh yeah, obviously that didn't stick then, that uh, the, the church. Well, this was, again, this was, um, you know, under the reign of uh, Pope John Paul II. Yeah. So, you know, a, a guy who was very old school, very Did you guys do, like, any, like, we're going to go to the Smithsonian and... Yeah, well, we, you know, we ended up staying at... Um, where did where did we we ended up staying in the national cathedral we slept on the floor it was a miserable like a, pro, like a heart like you guys were like hard it was a like, miserable trip were there people on the trip that were like you know what i'm actually i don't care about this issue or even like yeah I'm about pro, I'm about choice yeah about like 90 percent of our bus and i'm <laughs> sure you know overall 90 percent it was it was because you're like what 14 or what oh oh much younger i think i was probably uh, 12 years old so 
Oh, okay. You know, it, it was um, it was an interesting experience, and I think a lot of people were just along for the ride. But we showed up, and we were political fodder. Um, yeah, using twelve year olds that way. I don't know. I guess if it's for an issue I care about, I'm fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> I took right. My, I took my three year old to a protest today, and he's like. Whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Those, but those are good values, in my opinion. Yeah. So, no. I, um, objectively, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh. So we're talking nothing but uh, exclusively against exercise by Mark Grief here. Um. <laughs> and so that's the uh, only thing. Yeah. So let's uh, wrap this conversation up. Sure. Any other final points or lines from this that we should uh, talk about? No, I, I think we covered most of it. You yeah. know, I, I think we can agree, or at least, you know, I, I find uh, his argument most compelling for me personally when he's talking about how quantitative exercise has become and how that's a deviation from sort of a meaningful instantiation of physical activity. Um, you know, that was very that was very poignant to me, and, and I think that's something that I've embraced personally as a matter of fact, before we even talked about reading this article, I remember going into the gym and thinking how bizarre it was that people were just hitching themselves to these machi- these weird machines yeah, yeah. and, you know, not moving naturally. Um, it's a convenient place for sure, and it keeps you in shape, and it, it, you know, but it, it, it's it, there's something very unnatural about it, and obviously it, it's just completely unnatural to be in a gym, so. Yeah, and I think it's against the Fed fetishization which the <laughs> right. definition of that everyone is to be excessively or irrationally devoted to you know that subject so, right and this is what i think he's kind of talking about with exercise and it is uh particularly in the running community i do think it gets a little bit crazy i mean i subscribe to runner's world magazine but yeah. um i don't know so okay chris thanks for coming on we'll have to do uh, another show unless the mm-hmm. fans hate you, and we get a lot of hate mail. Well, it wouldn't be the first time, Paul. We had a guy on here one time, and I'll tell you what, he really got he got tarred and feathered, basically. Yeah. Um, he's institutionalized now, but you know what? Uh, that's, that has, that'll go sometime. He's better for it. Your fans are better for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask you to post my physical address so I can get hate mail via mail. I uh, hey, prefer you, that. You might get, actually, uh, love letters, too. Who knows? So. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening. Okay, I hope you liked our talk about uh, being against exercise. So now go get yourself a nice soft sofa, get some chips, burgers, pizza, lay back, do some uh, binge television watching, or just sit there. Don't do anything. Become become very at- atrophy your muscles. <laughs> okay, the, the next show I think is going to be another um, Radiohead Oh, what do we call it again? A complete idiotech's guide to Radiohead. Hopefully, episode 0003. I just got to find Jake. I can't find him. He's somewhere in the United States of America. I think he got married. I don't know. Um, And I hope he's working on his assignment. So we'll see if uh, he's doing that. But um, obviously, this we're doing a lot more episodes now. And I'm glad you guys are enjoying them. And I hope you're enjoying the summer. And... uh, yeah, just uh, listen to this and relax. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your day, your night. Get some sleep. Thank you for listening.
Thanks for listening to the PRC Show. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PRC Show or follow us on Tumblr at prcshow.tumblr.com. All of these episodes can be found at soundcloud.com slash PRC Show. Your host is Paul Robert Cooley Jr. Technological consultant, sound design, host curation, and music production is also by Paul Robert Cooley. Emotional support brought to you by the roommates of Salvador and Kate G. Executive producers Josh Ferris, all labors donated. Thanks for listening. Hello, 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 hello.